Well, hi there. Uh, welcome to The Lonesome Road, America's most first and foremost uh, Dan Aykroyd related podcast. No, that's not true. But we were just discussing backstage some disturbing aspects of Ghostbusters, which perhaps we'll get to a little bit later in the show. But at first, we have to talk about the very real situation of ghosts among us. Um, and also sometimes how that makes good country music subjects. But ghosts is a pretty broad topic. And uh, I don't know, we were, we were bandying back and forth. And we were Googling. I found out that if you Google news, ghosts, it's usually very figurative, um, usually depressing figurative news. And I, we wanted the real ghost news which Zach, who joins me, yeah. along with Seth and his technical difficulties, myriad technical difficulties, uh, Zach was Googling for the real ghost news, but I don't know if he found it. Uh, what, what, what have you learned so far today about ghosts? Do you feel, do you feel like we're uh, getting somewhere on this topic? I don't know. The only thing I've learned is that um, Rob Lowe now talks to ghosts. Um, right. That's probably the most serious piece of... <laughs> that's the only real piece of ghost news that... Everything else is, you know, depressing war news or something. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah, like so, a slow ghost news time. I mean, if you, I, I recently put a Google alert for UFO and I'm Bigfoot and Mothman stuff just so I could see like what kind of weird sightings were popping up. Um, but ghosts, I don't know, maybe they're just harder to find amongst all the other stuff. Uh, I guess the easy question is do you guys believe in ghosts? Because I don't know that I do, <laughs> which is not very interesting. Kind I realize, <laughs> kind of. Yes and no, kind of. Like kind of, yeah. I mean, kind of is kind of the theme of the show. Late. So I, yeah, was like I grew up. I, I spent my first couple of years in a haunted house. Uh, I was really? a babysitter, so remembering of it. Yeah, I, I I saw a ghost, or I had this ghost experience that lasted oh, a, a period of a year, oh, like over a year. Hunting is still still continuing to this day. But, uh, well, that's pretty substantial, except uh, yeah. I guess if you don't remember it. Um, I know someone... In my house, but I, the other hunting, I, I was like like 20 when it happened, so it was pretty clear. Oh, really? Are you going to share with the class? Or is yeah. that... Uh, I mean... But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to... I worked at like a like a family owned hardware store in my in my hometown, you know, when I was like twenty. And there was this one back door. Or the store's lumber yard was behind, was like on, on the main street. And um, there was this back door aisle um, that the we used to get get out in the lumber yard easily. Like we had to go help customers or something out there. And the, the the store really prided itself on having like just like really great service. So like if you saw somebody waiting or somebody not with a, an employee, you would go over there and offer to help them, you know, right right away. It was you know or like it was just the you know sort of the, the biggest imperative is like just customer service. We would walk past. You'd be walking furiously or you know trying to get through this room, but you would always out of the corner of your eye in this back door that, down the end of this aisle. You would see this old man standing out in the lumber yard. He looked just like angry, angry to beyond match, just so so pissed. And he was wearing like a blue chambray work shirt, 
kind of the those kind of big white leg they were in the in the thirties and like a, a jean jacket road hat like that style of hat which is kind of unusual because not a whole lot of people wore those in the in, in the early two thousands um so it's kind of unusual but it's like oh man that little man is pissed I better get out there and help him and so you go out there and then he wouldn't be there. And so I just kept it to myself because it was always you're outside a lot of the day and you didn't get it. You, uh, you're outside a lot of the day and you were like usually wearing long sleeves because, you know, you're working around like saws and stuff and um, you know, power tools. And uh, it would it would regularly be over 100 degrees outside. So you think like, man, I just, you know, it's going to be just it's, it's the heat getting to me. Just always, I would never talk about That's it. That's what Agent Scully would probably assume. I mean, or any other uh, fictional yeah. or non-fictional skeptic. It's just a figment of my imagination. I, you know, uh, you know, it's just a figment of my imagination or whatever. So one, uh, I've worked in maybe like a year or two where at this party and somebody said something like, I think the store is haunted. I'm like, yeah, it probably is. Like, I always, feel like I always think I see an old man out in the lumber yard at each other like you see him too <laughs> and then we like, oh, like, so like but then we all start talking about where is he we all saw him in the same place and we always saw him wearing the same thing uh that's weird and the owners had never heard this and this is a store that had been in the family for three generations they were the third generation to own it and they're like well that's weird so let's go we'll go talk to our parents about it and ask them questions if they know anything about this um, their parents said, well, that sounds a lot like the man that our parents bought the store from. And shortly after he sold it, like late at night or something, someone beat him to death on the property. Oh, shit. And so he's just Always like standing out there. Always a story with the ghost stories. And so he's just standing out there pissed off. So now we all know, now we all know the store is haunted. So when like, Things in the lumber yard would move, and nobody moved them. Or you would hear, uh, you're out in the lumber yard by yourself, like on the catwalks and stuff, where there was no one there, but you could hear somebody walking, and you'd see the old guy out in the out in the um, yard, and you'd just be like, yeah, it's just a ghost, whatever. Um, ago, and I worked there when I was twenty. That's a lot longer ago than I care to to tell you. But I went back there a couple of years ago, and. They said, hey, Seth, what, what's the unusual thing about this store? And immediately, you know, the, the person that manages it and the, one of the new, uh, new cashier had only been there for a little bit. I said, well, a funny thing about this store is it's haunted. There's a ghost here. And the cashier turns white and says, what does the ghost look like? I said, well, he looks like an old guy. And he's wearing sort of like 1930s clothes like like jeans and a jean jacket and a blue shirt and like a gray hat with a short brim like a gray cowboy hat with a short brim and she gets even whiter she says my son sees him when we bring it when i bring him in and her son's is, is autistic and so he's, he's like like pretty i don't know the nice like the proper way to say it. he's just like he's pretty autistic um and every time he goes into the store, he has, like, an episode. And finally, he has a hard time communicating. And his mom finally asked him, like, 
what's what's wrong with the what's it at the store it that bothers you what what's kind of setting off this behavior uh this response and he said there's a man there in farmer's clothes an old man and his eyes are all black oh Last time, was right behind. Me. <laughs> it's like, man, like, ghost is standing behind his mom's, like looking pissed off. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's that was uh, oh. that was well told. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put ghosts higher up on my ranking of stuff that's scary now based on that because that was a solid like six on the uh, crinkly neck scale, <laughs> which is I'm definitely gonna invent that. Um, when I, I was in there just buying like a can of paint or whatever, you know, and I hadn't worked there in over 10 years. And then I was in there buying a can of paint when like, like the mom turned white. She's like, she's just like, like just turned completely just pale white. Like, Oh my God. And then when she told me her, her story, you know, I turned to pale, like, Oh my God. It was, it was mutually creepy to everyone in the room. It's great. So, all right. I, I've creepy. asked, I've asked other people who have seen things before, and now I'll ask you, Seth, what, you know, if you're agnostic in spite of some very confusing old man-related sightings, what do you think that was? I mean, you could ask people if they believe in ghosts, but ghosts can also mean different things to different people because there's sort of, I mean, I was looking at the 14 times message boards and they were divided between, you know, general interest ghosts and like, poltergeists and other sort of more energy-like yeah. stuff. There's the humanoid. There's like the humanoid types. I'm sure some paranormal people have, have uh, you know, made charts about this and stuff, but, uh, you know, there's like... And all that. <laughs> right. All, it all comes back to Ghostbusters. Um, but there's like the humanoid types. There's poltergeist stuff, which I know... I remember when I was little learning that people thought that was like teenage girls like doing that somehow. Um, there's like humanoid ghosts who can sort of do stuff and they're ones that are sort of stuck in a loop that seem more like an impression, I guess. Um, that yeah. maybe the type that show up at a certain time, supposedly See, walk down the hall and then disappear. I think the story I just told is almost like a psychic work imprinted onto the area. And this just, it wasn't like, like I didn't assign any sort of personhood or anything to this thing. It was just like, like the Aurora Borealis. It was just like a feature of nature. <laughs> it was just some, some sort of thing that just got imprinted on the area and it would replay like a Disneyland attraction, like a little robot type thing. Um, and I believe, I was like, I was like, okay with that. And there's, there's um, a file called the stone tape theory that somehow events can imprint themselves on the environment through the iron in the environment, sort of like a magnetic tape that sort of, but which doesn't kind of make a lot of sense because if that's the case, then everything around you is kind of constantly recording. And then also like, what do you do to trigger the playback? So, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. To I mean, you could make but up all sorts of explanations that it depends on the person going by and the seasons and the, I mean, I don't know. My opinion my opinion about that changed when I talked to the lady at that store who didn't know about the ghost. 
like a thing that everyone, because it, it, they eventually ended up sealing off that door for security reasons, and so there was no opportunity to see the ghost anymore. Then security reasons. There, uh, it was easy to steal reason. stuff. It's easy to run out. It was easy to steal stuff through that door. Um, <laughs> and then, so, so they sealed off that door. They changed some of the store policies um, because the, the lumberyard structures were becoming unsafe. So people just weren't given opportunity to see the ghost anymore. It just that one person happened to remember it. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, no one else saw that ghost anymore. And and so my opinion changed when this lady who didn't know about the ghost had about it, the experience and her son had seen the ghost like interacting with the environment in ways that weren't like in a set loop. And that kind of changed my my opinion or my ideas about what was what could be going on with ghosts. I mean, it would be That's hard. The most convincing argument to me. It's kind of like the the impression, you know, like ghost in a loop type thing. I mean, yeah. as far as like as far as convincing arguments about ghosts go. <laughs> I mean, yeah. as usual, it comes down to people say they saw a lot of things, and Seth has a very solid story there, both from like like in a narrative way, um, and also just like you you've got multiple eyewitnesses. Um, Obviously, it could all be a tall tale, but I don't, yeah, I don't think it is. Yeah. <laughs> a tall tale from someone, if not you. Um, but I don't know. Like everything can be dismissed by. I have the red hair. I have to be. I have to be Scully. The fact that like eyewitnesses <laughs> are impressively terrible at things, mm-hmm. and science has definitely delved into that, and people have gone to prison because eyewitnesses suck so much. But I don't know. Something, some, some weird stuff's happening, I think. And I always tend to believe people who are like, I don't know what that was, but I sure saw something. Those people always ring yeah. the most true to me on every issue. <laughs> My yeah. personal sort of default is, like, I mean, I'd be able to understand. I saw something, I have, I, I sort of like, the sort of general agnostic. I'm open, I'm open to many different interpretations just because I can't explain it. It's really hard to explain to other, other means. So maybe there's just some weird fluke of consciousness that you can leave in, you know, uh, really emotionally heightened deaths can leave a, leave a, an impression on an area. Maybe it is some sort of afterlife where you just can't. Maybe you have some unfinished business or you have some weird connection that per- permits you from moving on to whatever the next thing is. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm open to a lot of different But I mean, if that... I, I mean, obviously, I, I'm not expecting you to have a, a an actual answer to this question, but I mean, there's always a little... <laughs> yeah, Zach, <laughs> if you don't... I, I want answers. Don't tell me what it is, Zach. I need answers. I please. <laughs> I mean, like, why? Like, how come every person who goes to Antietam isn't, like, tripping over ghosts? You know, somewhere where there's, like, a really concentrated, like, the most depressing areas you can think of. Um, like, why aren't they just, like, chock full of ghosts everywhere? And impressions. That's, uh, that's a question I have because I mean, maybe they are. I guess <laughs> I can't like, speak the, to them not being that way. But it there's a canyon literally right across the street from here that is called Indian Springs Canyon, and one of the reasons it's called Indian Springs is because it's supposedly haunted by these Indians that were killed by conquistadors there. Hmm. That was 500 years ago. These ghosts are hanging around. People see them, but it's like. Do you know how the history of America works? 
hidden ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Every five All feet. All the time, everywhere. Would, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it's it, it just, what is it about some places and others? Because uh, you do get these reports, these like crazy reports that goes from Civil War battlefields where people will see like, they think are reenactors. And so, man, those reenactors were amazing. And the park service, like, <laughs> you're a reenactor. You know the field to yourself. <laughs> That's, that's an actual it, case that was reported. That's, um, again, for narrative purposes, that's perfect. Yeah. I, uh, when I went to Gettysburg, I was on the lookout for ghosts um, because my friend that I was with was both a ghost and Civil War buff. Um, so he, he ran the gamut. And he told me lots of great stories. Um, and we went on a ghost tour. Uh, and I, you know, I smelled a cigar and I was like, oh, it's a ghost. And it was a dude with a cigar. Like we were walking Pickett's Charge <laughs> and it was quite, you know, it was pleasantly empty and stuff. Uh, and so I could imagine like how depressing that whole scene might have been. But the dude with the cigar was just a guy with a cigar. So, yeah, times the guy with the cigar is just. That's the joke, cigar. damn it. <laughs> that was the, that was the attempt. Well, the, um, the, the house I lived in. It was this old hundred year old Adobe house on a, on the family farm and all the all my mom's brothers and sisters all that was like the starter house. Everyone lived there when they first got out of college, got married. It was just sort of like the get you know, get on your feet house. It's a free place to live, you know. Uh, kind of start off your start off your life kind of house. Um, we were the last family to live there and um, we had bought it from one of our neighbors family and it was I mean it hadn't been older than 100 years because he's you know his family lived in it for a couple of generations before we bought it he was one of our neighbors was he was a really old man when I was I was a small child he was born in that house in the custom then he was a, a Mexican man and the custom then was they would carve out a little niche in the adobe with like the mud brick these houses were made of and they would well, if a child was born in there would put the umbilical cord in then and seal it back up in the wall with, with more plaster. And the, the haunting there was things would move. Like if you put a glass on the table and walked out of the a kitchen table, walked out of the room and came back, it would be on the counter or be on top of the refrigerator. You know, stuff like that happened. Well, it was, it was really kind of prankish. Mm-hmm. Uh, these or things like would the happen. And also you would hear these. <laughs> making it crazy. <laughs> and then you would hear these, gu- these, these voices chattering in this, really high-pitched, indecipherable uh, language. And it was more than one of them, and you could hear them talk to each other. And because of the, the, the cadence and sort of like the rhythm and pitch of the, of the noises, you could tell if they were just like having an idle conversation, if they were laughing and joking, they would have arguments with each other, and they would respond to voices. You could tell them to shut up, or you could laugh along with them. And they would, they would, they would respond. They would, you know, if you yelled at them to shut up, they would start talking very quietly a little bit later and kind of build back up. And, um, and our neighbor said, oh, that's just my umbilical, that's just our umbilical cords that are talking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, well, it's not really, like, it's just, it's, just, it's just weird. Like, what what causes these hauntings? I mean, can it really be an umbilical cord? How, like, it's just, it's such a weird, like, what's the criteria? Wow. That's a lot to uh, un- unpack. Un- right. Cut yeah. Out. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That type of um, supposed spiritual something. That's uh, just the umbilical cord. So okay. Huh. 
everyone who lived in that house knew about the voices. I do remember going there once before they tore it down just to see it again. And I left a coat pan on the table and I came back into the room. I was the only one there and I came back in and it, it moved across. The, moved. And uh, apparently that was pretty common too. Like, just, Huh. So um, we were discussing backstage, uh, such as it is, uh, the depressing concept that ghosts are more scary when you're little because, OMG, it's a ghost. But when you're an adult, you'd be like, oh, thank God. <laughs> the existential burden of living isn't quite as... <laughs> right. Unless it scares you more to, you know, to think of yourself as yeah. imprinted, like I'm probably, probably down the yeah. hallway, walking down every night at 1207 you know i mean that's not exactly yeah. soothing either but it definitely yeah when you're, when you're an yeah. adult you're a little more concerned about mortality and ghosts aren't quite as terrifying i think that <laughs> like, like if, if a ghost, i would love for one of my grandparents to show up as a ghost and i could just like and like hang out with them for a little bit that would be great i'd love it yeah i've definitely my because mom is Definitely said that she'll do her best to try to haunt me, and I said that I appreciated that. Yeah. If it, uh, <laughs> she's, she's like, fine right now. You know, if grandpa just wants to walk across. If grandpa just wants to walk across the living room every now and then, I am okay with that. I would love that. Yeah, and that's another yeah, like yeah. cynical ass like way of thinking. Well, obviously, it's not. It's just that like life is a difficult burden, and we all wish our relatives were there. But like nobody like. Seth didn't wish that like an angry old man was in a lumber yard, right? I mean, there's no. I don't know. That seems pretty Seth-like to me. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> the fact that it was very 1930s workwear is another like dead giveaway where it made me doubt myself because like I, I have a Stetson open door hat. I have a 1930s jacket, but I have those now. <laughs> you know, that I have like, money and the ability to buy these things for myself. You know, when I was like 20, I could afford to buy a CD every two weeks. So. Yeah. That um, I do feel slightly. My theory has slightly crumbled a little there, but <laughs> you still have some good, solid evidence. Um, I really think. I mean, I don't know if I, I really was determined not to see anything scary. Uh, when I was little, I think, and even now a little bit. Um, our house when I was little, it was not that old. Even it's it's only built in like the '30s, and it just has like fun. It was built by Germans. And somehow there was like a legend that there was some gold buried and they probably did die in that house. So when I was little, that fact enough was like enough to make me nervous. And my uh, siblings of course tried to, uh, you know, scare me occasionally, but it was, I mean, I never, it's that house. I don't think there's anything there. And that's also what my mom said. And for, for reasons that I could not possibly prove in any satisfactory way, I usually like, follow my mom's lead on these matters. I'm like, all right, there's no, <laughs> there are no ghosts here, mom. That's, I believe you. Well, and the, I mean, that's the thing. It, it houses of a certain age. Like, I mean, for a long time, if you were born somewhere or you died somewhere, it was at home. So, you know, there weren't really a lot of hospitals yeah. and things like that. So, I mean, so much of, so much of, you know, uh, the stuff of life just happened there in, you know, in the bedroom or the sitting room or whatever. Actually, the house, uh, I'm, uh, this, this is also my house, or it's my house now, um, it's 110 years old, but it also, I mean, it doesn't feel like, I don't know, the attic, I guess, is a little bit creepy. Um, if you, you know, if you turn, it, like, there's some, like, 
tearing wallpaper that I don't know how old it is and stuff. But it's not... I always assumed that if there was some vibe of, like, paranormalness that I might... I wouldn't be totally, like, unnoticing. But maybe I would. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm just not the type to pick it up. You gotta be receptive to these things, I think. What was that? You gotta be... Go ahead, Zach. Oh, you gotta be receptive to these things, right? That's the argument. Yeah. Like, but I feel like I'm slightly you have, more you now. Even ghosts, then you, uh, you know, you're just not. You gotta let them in. Let in the ghosts. I think part of the problem with any mysterious shit is that I sleep. I can't sleep at night already. So if I ever see anything remotely mysterious, I'm never falling asleep again. It's a pra- You know, it's a it's a pragmatic objection to seeing ghosts or aliens. Um. I think I would rather see a ghost, though. And that comes back to the short of existential thing. But then then aliens, you know, aliens give you kind of agoraphobia. But no, aliens probably give you less agoraphobia about the universe because there's, uh, assuming as humanoid aliens, there's there's something out there. This is getting too heavy on my... Of the three of us, I'm, I'm most surprised that Zach isn't the one with the ghosts. Why is that? Do you feel like he's the type? Oh, I do have... Uh... And Zach grew up in... Yeah, creepy Which is a, a pretty haunted old New Mexico town. Very picturesque, but also assuredly very haunted. Yeah. Maybe all the good shit's in the Southwest. Ghosts and aliens. It is. That's T- where all the ghosts are. Tell us a tale, yeah, Zach. Actually, do you have any tales? So I had, so um, both of my ghostly encounters that I had when I was a kid, which um, I read a lot of Edgar Allan Poe and EC Comics and uh, and was also in Messia, which was like, that kind of, all the buildings were old and rural and there's a, there's a big creepy Catholic church and everything. So, uh, uh, so right on it is. Yeah, yeah, the Double Eagle, um, restaurant, just like right on the on the town plaza. Um, but I I saw the ghost of my grandma at my grandpa's house oh. when I was um, trying to remember how old I was, but I must have like it was probably like you know seven or eight or maybe a little bit older. I don't know. I could have been in middle school. Who knows? Um, but it kind of creeped me out, and it kind of, and I just like ran off. But that house always scared me just because it was, again, it was like an older house. Um, and, uh, and then my grandpa passed from the old so that it was like this kind of like, I guess like, you know, it was her house. So her death was always sort of like, or she was always like over, you know, she's always there in some way, you know, and she had a lot of history there. Um, yeah. So it sort of makes sense that I would have seen her there. Um, but it did kind of creep me out. And, and uh, and that and that house had a lot of you know there were like there was a narrow stairway upstairs and there was like a really old um, formal dining room and you know kind of rooms off to um, you know to weird corners and kind of dark hallways so so I was always Sounds like perfect <laughs> I was always creeping around in that house just like afraid of uh, of what kind of spooky creature could be uh, you know around the around the corner. Um, but my uh, my more like 
a ghost story that I kind of remember more vividly because that one was kind of, you know, looking back, I can kind of doubt things about it or just think, you know, I was like, you know, just a creeped out kid. Um, but I lived in a house, um, sort of like in a rural, rural area outside, or it was somewhere near Carlsbad for a very short period of time. Uh, and it was sort of, it was, I know it was before I saw Poltergeist, cause I, you know, but, uh, but there are weird things like the TV would come on at night and, uh, and the sound would be on and it would be like static. Oh no, static is... And like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I feel like the stuff um, in the, in the night and like lights would turn on and off and other people in the house. But, uh, but that house in general kind of creeped me out and, um. And yeah, that would it do it. Up, yeah, um, it actually caught in fire while we were living in it and burned down. Did you burn it down to cleanse the evil? I did not, okay. but um, but like you know, a couple more weeks in it, it might have been a possibility. <laughs> That's concerning. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, so it was like weird. That looking back, that's kind of it seems like poltergeist stuff, but then it could be, you know bad wiring sure yeah and, and, and people being up at night so uh <laughs> so looking back and even even in messiah still you know last time i was there it was you know i rode my bike to to see my dad he was in messiah um and uh and there were parts of the street that were just like pitch black like you couldn't see in front of you unless you had a flashlight or something um and there's old pecan trees and old buildings and and it still creeps me out in a in a way that's not like, you know, not like someone's going to get me, but like something is just like watching here. Yeah. You know, there's something, they're not in a, not in a, I'm going to get mugged kind of way, but I'm in a, you know, in a, I'm going to be haunted kind of way. Um, I mean, but that's the one area, you know, I've kind of got that impression other places, but that's the one, Missy is the, is the one place that always, uh, always holds true to that, I think. So creepy, but not like malevolent yeah, the, the, necessarily. Just like right, that something right. is something's out there, not that something's gonna get you, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, exactly. There's a restaurant on the that we kind of briefly mentioned the, the Double Eagle. It's on the Messia Plaza, and they it's a Victorian bar. It has these really. I mean, it looked like where the bad guy, like the bad guy cattle baron in the western, would like <laughs> farmers land, put the railroad through, or whatever. Damn cattle barons! You know, old furniture. But uh, there, it's haunted. Everyone who works there sees like this ghost woman walk around. I can't remember what the story is, but there is also uh, a chair there that if you sit in it, you have like just like terrifying nightmares for three three nights in a row that seems that that kind of thing seems too specific to me like three nights precisely three yeah, yeah. somehow as soon as it gets like numerical it i don't know like time sure again i my ghost appears <laughs> at 1207 on the in the hallway but like three nights i don't know so, suddenly <laughs> i begin to doubt interesting about about Messiah just because it was you know it was a Mexican town that would then became a, a, an American town in the 1850s or whatever um, 
And so they'll, they'll do the there, and so they'll go out and they have a people that, that pass that year, or dead relatives, and you leave little things, sort of things they liked in life, and things that, you know, like, you put maybe like a beer or a cigarette, or maybe you put their favorite sweater, just sort of a little memorial. So it, it's in, in a way, it's sort of like, you know, visiting with, with visiting with the spirits of, of just having that day with them, like, you know, we'll spend a little, you know, we'll remember you and, and, and kind of commune a little bit, but, you know, just right out, right outside from where the terrified of them. Yeah. Not to be a super white girl from the Northeast, but I always, I mean, the day, the day of the dead stuff, I'm sure would have scared me as a kid. And I'm sure it scares even little Mexican kids on occasion, but there's, there's generally a good vibe there when you're, uh, making your little shrines for uh, people who died the past year and uh, hang out with your relatives. One thing about hanging out with relatives though, something about ghosts that doesn't quite work um, for me a lot of the time is this idea that they would of all places haunt a graveyard. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, not even, like the place they died, maybe the place they lived, maybe, but the graveyard seems, seems an odd choice. So some ways like, I mean, I we all walked in graveyards when we were teens, I assume, on occasion, and were slightly afraid, uh, or some variation thereof. But a graveyard is probably like the there's, no, there's nobody there. Um, up at my grandma's cabin in Montana, um, in a national forest uh, above up the road a bit, there is a 19th century graveyard where they put people who died of diphtheria because they had this idea that they had to, you know, have them isolated still even after they died. Um, and there's some, some sad ones like baby last name, uh, who clearly didn't last long enough to get the proper uh, christening and stuff. And there's some wooden ones where the names all uh, rubbed away. Um, and my cousins and I slept in that graveyard when we were up in Montana a couple of times. And like, it's, you know, it's pretty pleasant up there. It's probably a pretty nice place to uh, spend your eternal rest. Um, but there is a secondhand story of that my aunt told me that uh, a neighbor kid, 60s, I assume, in the 1960s, um, dug up a bone from one Henry Percy Atkinson, who was buried up there. Um, you know, full name, respectable title uh, to be granted. Uh, he, he took a bone and then apparently old Henry Percy Atkinson appeared beside him in the car um, sometime later. And uh, the bone was promptly returned. Oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> again, that was my aunt telling me about the neighbor kid. And I'm not totally sure the origin of this tale, but it's so reasonable, I think, you know, on the part of the yeah. deceased. <laughs> that, yeah. was my, that was my first reaction. Was like, hey, yeah. Give me that. Give that back. Yeah. What the hell, yeah, man? It's the hauntings that make no sense. There's a lot of haunting stories, a lot of ghost stories. There's sort of like a transactional nature. Person, yeah. person did did X to person, you know, to this other person who did Y when they were a ghost. Like there's a, like a linear progression. It's like so there's sort of a logic to the hauntings, and then there's just the stuff like just an umbil umbilical cord in the wall, and now squeaky voices argue with my dad at night. Like it's just <laughs> right. like. Like stuff that just doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, 
Well, I'm not going to say that makes perfect sense, but anything where the spirits or whatever are just sort of hanging out and that's pretty, you know, I mean, that's another sort of pleasant idea. Um, or even with Henry Percy Atkinson, like he's clearly not going to bother you unless you violate his remains in a fairly horrifying fashion. Um, so a certain rationality there. The really Hollywood, you know, evil, angry, violent spirit thing, which you still hear, you know, the aforementioned friend I went to Gettysburg with went to Edinburgh in, uh, in Scotland. And there's all sorts of, like, there, he went to some places where there's, you know, some very violent, angry ghosts, supposedly. Um, and I'm sure there are, you know, tales of that that are as... What? As convincing as Seth's. Uh, I don't know. I just... It just seems like a bummer that any any dead entity would spend its time like being furious and trying to terrify people. <laughs> Gentle pranks and mischievous behavior is one thing, but like, you know, the Hollywood <laughs> kid seems excessive. I mean, that might get boring after a while, though. Like, so you, like, what, so you'd be like, you'd be mischievous people against the wall. <laughs> right. Making I mean, shit float. Yeah, I mean, after a couple <sighs> centuries, you know, you gotta up your game a little bit. I mean, to know you could, I suppose. Uh, Did the ghost get Seth? Yeah. The uh, price for him being having such good tales to tell is is continued technical (laughs) failings. Um, I warned that old man from the hardware store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna think about that old man for a while now. My, uh, I had an old friend who saw some ghosts where he worked as well. Um, I now closed down movie theater from the 20s. Um, that's not a couple miles from here. Um, and I went there a bunch of times when I was a teenager. And like a couple years after it closed, I started to hear um from this guy that he saw all sorts of ghosts there. And of course he enhanced his credibility by saying he didn't believe in ghosts, but um, he saw lots of good stuff. He, but the thing is, he saw some, you know, he saw a bluish translucent lady, um, and the only interesting thing about her as she walked down the hall was that um, the floor covered her ankles as if the floor had once been a different. Um, and that's pretty basic. Like, yeah. he says he fled down yeah. to the pizza shop down the block, <laughs> forgetting to lock up. Um, and he also, let's see, he heard the laughter of children in the dark. He saw some guests who were not there. Um, they were enjoying a movie. Uh, turned out to not be there. And some classic, I definitely turned that light bulb off. Why is it on? It's always on. It's always turning on sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah. I mean, nothing, like, but nothing really threatening or scary. Just, uh. Just ghosts yeah. being there. Yeah, just ghosts hanging out, walking around, watching movies. I like the idea yeah. of um, ghosts in like a like a a McMansion or something because it's always like a a place that's weighty with history and just like yeah. What if you're a ghost that just like hangs out in like chain restaurants and McMansions? <laughs> right, that's kind of what I appreciated throughout the um, the like the Paranormal Activity. Uh, movie series is that it was like, like see i still feel like i'm too scared to watch them does that like, i don't you know i didn't really 
I don't really find them super scary. They're kind of like, they're sort of like Blair Witch, but, you know, a bit more, you know, they try to find an excuse to use like higher quality cameras, maybe. Or, right. Uh, if that makes sense. Um, but I mean, there were definitely creepy parts of it. Um, but it was, I mean, it's sort of like Blair Witch. You have to invest yourself and kind of really get into it and, and kind of get, get psyched up. But, uh, um, but I didn't find, I didn't really find, find them like super scary, but, uh, but I did, I did like, like you're saying, you know, they're kind of in these, um, in these sort of generic houses and that sort of thing. It's not like, the, and the ghosts are sort of, um, without, you know, I don't remember a whole lot. So I don't think I'm giving away too much, but you know, the ghosts are kind of like falling around these certain people. So it's not like, like the Amityville horror where you walk into this house that already has this haunted presence in this. So are they haunting the people past. more than the house? Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is another option for haunting, I guess. But uh, yeah, and I like that idea because then it brings, you know, it can make a sort of an average uh, generic setting a little more creepy. Yeah, and then there's no escape. It's getting like a... Presumably. Right, right. <laughs> the ghost wants to exactly. follow you all over. Yeah, and that, um, and that probably does, you know, for those movies, that could probably makes it a little... Um, atmosphere wise probably gives them some more challenges but uh yeah but, uh, sometimes found footage stuff can kind of work out um see about yeah. Blair Witch kind of only works once as far as I'm concerned uh even yeah. if you already know it's fictional and you watch it like eight years later but it still only works once <laughs> I could never get through it the first time because it gave me motion sickness oh yeah which is weird I don't I don't usually like roller coasters and stuff like that don't bother me. I have no idea why that like oh, like one movie made me sick, but I was fine with that. I think you're afraid I... of the truth. Cloverfield yeah, made me dizzy when was... I watched it last year, and I was actually yeah, Cloverfield kind of didn't bother me for some reason. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what it was about just Blair Witch just made me like yeah. So put that I, on the I, same I list. Did Cloverfield, it... yeah, and Cloverfield is that... like sort of evened out the. The found footage setting, I think, you know, it's very much it was kind of like the, the. I mean, like the first big dream thing. I guess there was, you know, some stuff in the seventies that was sort of similar, but but I think they exaggerated like the shakiness a lot, and yeah, and it was before there were a lot of like cameras that they had a, you know, stabilization and that sort of thing. So yeah, so Cloverfield is like similar but better quality, maybe. I was like the the like the, all the various excuses people have to keep holding. Uh, the camera, uh, and, you know, sometimes they use it for a light or something in the scary situation, you know, like they need a flashlight or something, but, and eventually they do finally drop it on purpose or leave it behind or something, but it's, a, there's right. always sort of, but then yeah. every time I think that that's ridiculous, I think of the nine 11 documentary by the French brothers who were happened to be at some firehouses in New York at the time. And, you know, if you sort of assume, all right, these people are making a documentary and and like you know just it, whatever it was it happened once in life even if it wasn't about ghosts or aliens so right zap zap Reuter is like hey the president is driving <laughs> by i'll just take him a nice home movie yeah. nothing just yeah. a nice not, you know a fun back day into uh, oh back into, back into kind of, <laughs> yeah and it almost makes sense in like a you know if there's someone who has sort of a like feels like they have like a journalistic duty or something or they're or like they're making a movie they're kind of like in that mindset like i think when the yeah. average 
person does it, like especially in, in things like Cloverfield, it's kind of a little more, it's like a little bit harder to buy into it. Because they're like, a random uh, person, yeah. But then like journalists who are determined to film the horrible event are often punished by Hollywood, which I take semi-personally, uh, you know. <laughs> Endangering yourself for the story means you get stepped on by fake Godzilla or what have you. Yeah. I, I, I do kind of like that conceit in, in those movies, like, well, heavy shit's popping off. Like, I have a duty to posterity to record everything. Like, Cloverfield, like, well, there's a uh, giant monster attacking the city. Of course I have to film it. This is for this is for the future. This is for posterity. And, like, I feel like someone... Wouldn't you assume yeah. someone else was getting it, like, the footage yeah. of the giant monster? I'd be like, everybody has a... Everybody has a camera out there. But yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I also feel the, the found footage. Oh. Ah. That was sad. It's like a found footage movie. You're breaking up. <laughs> you can only take video. Yeah, has anyone. special anymore. <laughs> it's, it's like a. Footage movie out of the cloud or some of that should probably be interesting. You could probably pull that off the lines, but I'm not sure how. I like the um, <laughs> poor, poor, poor Seth. Uh, just getting you, Seth. Um, I was trying so... to think of the name of the movie. Footage movie. This is like way off topic, but with the uh, like the superhero. Kids. Oh, Chronicle was it? It's, yes, Chronicle. That was a uh, yeah. That's probably that might be my favorite in that genre. I haven't seen it for you're, a while, but I just I remember. Just that. You're gonna get away <laughs> from my that. potential segue. I gotta, I gotta go back and I gotta <laughs> grab the segue. Um, anyway, go now back. the segue, the, se- <laughs> the segue could go into Ghostbusters, which we were briefly discussing before uh, we started filming and recording. But there's also the traditional. I think. Um, I believe the webcomic XKCD made a little chart about this at some point where like the increase in uh, smart camera phones and stuff and like the, the footage of paranormal and uh, other type things. And it's not, you know, it, it, it does, it, it's not encouraging for the people who think the truth is to some extent out there. Um, especially I mean, we're talking about not, filming. And there's not, there's, especially there's it's not, not super accurate. The whole UFO people stop seeing UFOs when everyone had a camera in their pocket. Well, I was, I mean, I mean, my Google alerts, you know, tells me otherwise that there are people seeing stuff, but it continues to be so freaking ambiguous. Um, no matter how good cameras get, and no matter how many people have one, at least in their pocket at any one time. Um, now you can always with ghosts, you you know, you could say well, they don't show up on camera. Though when I was little, we had this really scary book. Actually, this explains so much of my life. Not that I saw anything actually scary, but we had a little book full of like true alien sightings that was traumatizing and had these really scary drawings. And then there was a black and white book about ghosts with a photo of a ghost on the cover. (laughs) And it was really scary. I can picture them both because they clearly made an effect. uh... Yeah. I don't know. Um, with ghosts, you could say that they don't show up or something, um, but you could also, you know, ghosts and aliens could both be some interdimensional 
like something something you know i mean there's it's not necessarily that dead guy angry old man beaten to death in lumberyard i mean maybe that is that was him um but even in terms of sightings it doesn't it doesn't always well, obviously translate to to like human dies and then humanoid translucent translucent form is there uh in that approximate area maybe there's something i don't know parallel universes and such flickering like you know just doctor who mumbo jumbo like there's so much <laughs> potential for what a ghost and an alien and even cryptids and uh of many kinds could be that like how are we ever supposed to suss it out even fox Mulder couldn't figure it out because chris carter's a bad writer <laughs> it's true so it's all interdimensional, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I think so. I think that's uh, the best explanation. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Uh-oh. Seth continues to fail at the internet, but it's the ghosts. I mean, the Southwest, yeah, Southwest is full of aliens. Uh, it is. It I've is. always, always heard that Mexico the... City has a lot has lots of alien sightings. Um, I used to have a friend from oh, Chile yeah. who had very weird stories. Very weird huh. stories of little men that like stand on your chest at night and pinch your face and like just all sorts of good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that sounds really comical. I mean, it'd be horrifying if like it happened to me. Yeah. But, uh, That's kind of a thing here. The, they call them duende. Uh, what is that? Seth. Oh man. We started with such promise. I guess we could talk about how weird Dan Aykroyd is. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, Dan Aykroyd is the Fox Mulder of the real world. He's going to discover the truth about things. Um, but I will say that I recently discovered why there is a ghost blowjob scene in Ghostbusters, which. <laughs> For all of us who saw that movie originally as children and then over the years and were very confused by that. Dan Aykroyd being in sort of insane and believing that everything is real. Uh, and I don't know. I, I should probably watch like the two hour documentary that's just him smoking and talking about aliens that someone made. Wait, is that a thing? But basically, he, it's totally a thing. Seen, on, he claims to have been investigated by the men in black. Yes. He says he's I think we can get him on this show uh, once we get up to snuff, and uh, I think we need to invite him on. I mean, I believe Dan Aykroyd over, over any of you people. I'm just saying. Wow, wow, that's tough but fair. But basically, he Aykroyd. I think they filmed and like alluded to more of like a like a sexy ghost thing, like a a succubus isn't quite right. I don't know if they're more like demon like demons are a whole other topic. Um, but like, there was gonna be like a whole more like weird sexy ghost thing, and then all of that was removed except that one scene, and it it, be, it continues to be like the most awkward thing about Ghostbusters. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't seen that movie in many years, so I need to uh, I need to watch that again and be traumatized. Just assumed that the producers yeah. were like, Dan, we have to cut the ghosts, the ghost blowjob scene out, and he pulled out like his file box 
of ghosts. He's like, I have 37 documented instances of sex with ghosts that really happened. And if you don't let me put this in the movie, I walk. Try getting Chevy Chase on this movie. We're already three quarters of the filming. You can't replace me. It's <laughs> And they're like, okay, Dan, all right, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I just think if you're gonna if you're gonna have a ghost blow job, you need more to it to explain why it's why it's come to this. I just uh, sure song another too, I think really <laughs> club and has sex on, with a ghost on the dance floor of the club. That's like is is this a real problem, a real concern of yours, Usher? <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> that's a concern of all of us that live our best lives ghosts do bring out, uh, yeah ghosts do bring out our primal that's what he was wor- so it only makes sense yeah that's what he was worrying about instead of herpes <laughs> and look what that got him uh, i don't keep up on my usher gossip <laughs> yeah. which now i regret considering the all first I know, I have one piece usher of information album, i don't know if it's on that but i'm actually uh uh, I feel like there's some celebrity who either had sex with a ghost or an alien. I forget. Was it Kesha? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. There's a lot of Sorry Kesha. if I slandered you, Kesha. Yeah. <laughs> but someone like, like, and I know Megan Fox believes in everything weird. And uh, I was completely infuriated by Esquire is usually like the best mediocre magazine that I can get for $5 like a year. Um, but their cover stories on celebrities are, are heinous. And there's one of Megan Fox, who's not a very interesting person. Um, yeah. But she, there, there were all these quotes where she kept alluding to all of the, like, the loony stuff she believed in. And the, the author you know, used a bunch of ellipses and basically kept talking about how symmetrical her face was instead of like, why she believes in oh, this yeah, monster. Yeah. It was the most infuriating article. It's like, oh. no! We can look at her face whenever we want to Google. Like, let's talk about her belief in the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, I want to know more about just that. Like, disappointing journalism. You gotta ask the maybe that's a prolonged first. exposure to uh, maybe this is prolonged exposure to Michael Bay does to you because I mean Shia LaBeouf. Ooh. Megan Fox believes all this stuff now. I mean, maybe just. And Mark Wahlberg was already insane, and so was yeah. Nicolas Cage. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. something we should make up. A conspiracy. There's, there's, an, there's our next episode. Yeah. Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. Yeah, it's real. It's serious. Let's Tell us. Um, but, uh, I have not been up on my Michael Bay movies, thankfully. Um, but no, but I also have not been listening to enough country music lately, possibly because I'm very stationary. And I do my work in this room next to the air conditioning. And I type. And sometimes that's okay, but it's the summertime, and I wish I was on like an epic journey to visit Roswell and the ghost of Johnny Cash and wherever it may be and things like that. So I haven't been into country music a lot, and I would love to do a show where we talk like full on about well, murder ballads. And sometimes murder ballads have a component of ghostly revenge. Um, when we first started talking about ghostly themes and ghostly songs, Somebody immediately mentioned Long Black Veil, which a bunch of people have done, but I associate with Johnny Cash, where the ghost is just telling the tale and, and uh, observing the, uh, the, the ritual of the woman coming to, to his grave because he got himself killed for really silly gentlemanly reasons. Uh, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of ghostly songs. Um, once I thought of it, 
I got Ghost of Virginia by Justin Towns Earl stuck in my head, which is just like a classic. There's a ghost train over there, y'all song, but it's not bad. Um, what did you guys have some favorite ghostly songs that you least wanted to spread the joy of? Um, you know, long black is one that sends like shivers down my spine, and uh, and I don't know. I you know I was listening to. I never really thought about it as one, and I guess it's not really in the country genre, but it's a uh, Blind Lemon Jefferson song. Um, See that my grave is kept clean. Oh yeah, um, sure. It was like, it was like covered yeah. by Dane Van Ronk and a bunch of other people, but I never really thought about it. Like I thought of it as like I'm gonna be a ghost type song, but then I was listening to it and there's that line, um, I think, um, and my heart stopped beating and my hands turned cold. And I believe what the Bible told. And I'm like, hey, this guy is like, this guy is totally dead. Yeah, because I, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it before, but. Uh, but he's... in anticipation of this episode, I'm like, yeah, he's totally dead. Then he's like, clean off my grave, buddy. Um, <laughs> Will do. Will and, do. Uh, yeah, so that's another one. I like that one because it's, you know, as far as ghosts and, you know, the demands that ghosts often make in popular, <laughs> popular culture of, of people. Yeah, that, that, I think it's nice. I want the title something like, that really badly now. The demands yeah, yeah. of <laughs> The demands of ghosts. It's like, you know, they always want, you know, your baby or your, you know, or your soul or something. Yeah. And this ghost is like, hey, just like, <laughs> just clean the dirt off my grave, buddy. Just dust things off. So, yeah. Um, but that one, and then, um, and the other one I was thinking about too, which isn't really, it's another one that's not really like a ghost scene, but um, but El Paso by Marty Robbins. I was thinking, like, oh, yeah. Songs yeah. like that, I was thinking, like, it's like sort of like borderline where he's like, narrating the whole song but then he, at the end of the song he's dead and there's got there's so more, like, definitely more songs Wait, how are you telling the story yeah <laughs> twist yeah. sequel to el paso from the girl's point of view called felina from el, the girl from el paso and then there's a third one that's about like a businessman <laughs> a businessman <laughs> talking about the like the gunfighting legends of el paso and he's he's flying over the city he's like this all looks so familiar to me i wonder if in a past life Oh. Oh. So it all went on and on. I didn't realize there were sequels. So, uh, yeah. So there's. So there's. A, yeah. There's a trilogy. El Paso City being the being the last one. Well, wait. Did Marty Robbins you know do all this? Oh. Wow. I don't know if I ever. El Paso City kind of has like the nicer. But it's the goofiest oh, okay. of the three story. The the Felina girl from El Paso song is kind of the most depressing because she was like, like just a poor Mexican girl in Santa Fe. They got like. Yeah sold into a, a life of sin. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, kind of like House of the Rising Sun style. Oh, yeah. I kind of don't like the House of the Rising Sun on a side note. Maybe because everyone yeah. who can slightly play the guitar bravely attempts it. Yeah. It's uh, it's my wagon wheel because I'm a wagon wheel yeah. at least to a point. It is kind of like, you know, it's mm. one of those funny ones too because, uh-huh. you know, someone, uh-huh. every, like, everybody plays it that chord. And then, but everybody stole it from like someone else, you know. And it got, you know, but uh, I don't know. I like I've heard a couple older recordings of it, and I kind of like it. Like it didn't always have that same melody. I yeah. Um, Plus, when dudes sing it, it stops being about it. being a woman of ill repute, and just like right. that house is real bad, yeah, y'all. Was, <laughs> Damn yeah, that house! Yeah, like I spent way. Yeah. <laughs> that I, house has. 
unreasonably priced yeah. sex. I judge virtually for that song <laughs> solely on the pronoun used in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's been the run of many poor, like, if they say boy instead of girl, then I'm just like, no, I'm out. I, I love people who will not switch the gender in a song. Um, yes. I feel like it's such a, it, I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions, but it, it always feels like a cop out. So it's like, you guys have to know I'm not really a girl sing about a boy, you know, so I have to switch the. Oh. I'm a know, dude. I, I, I'm a guy. <laughs> For some reason, the yeah. Carter family, like AP Carter barely sang, at least compared to um, his wife and uh, her, her cousin. But like, yeah. there's a lot of Carter family songs that are like totally just only ladies singing, but they're talking about like that aggravating beauty Lula Walls is the first one that comes to my mind. And like, there's little, like, you're talking, you ladies sing about ladies. You can't do that. It's the 1920s. <laughs> can't do it. well, so, that. well, that's, obviously, that's why I blue. loved uh, Single Girl, Married Girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Such a revolutionary yeah. song. Girl of the Carter family. Yeah. Um, well, there's that, the way- that whole genre of like popular ballad that came up from England that kind of informed so much of our, our folk tradition about ghosts who task who task a living person to perform some ta- something for them so that they can they can lie at rest, and it was called the Grateful Dead. Wait, really? I did not know that. Yeah. Did not know prior that. prior to that they were prior to that wow. the band was the Warlocks, and then they changed it to the Grateful Dead. That's way worse and nerdy and sounds bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then there were in the in the oh in the thou- like remember like around like the two thousands there was like garage rock revival. There was a garage rock band called the Warlocks. Okay. So it's all coming yeah. back. Like, well, the Grateful Dead full circle. Sure. <laughs> more so. Huh. Sorry, it's not. And then the Warlocks changed their name to the Grateful Dead. And it just keeps going. Oh my god! I didn't know. Happened, and it won't I mean, happen like, again. Wait, wait. Even if Grateful Dead was not like a thing, like that's a pretty good, that's a decent band name. But I'm pleased to know that because yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I feel like a lot. I've been desperate trying to think of. Um, I love murder ballads, but in most of them, I think they stay dead, uh, which is kind yeah. of a drag because. My favorite yeah. ones um, are invariably based at least slightly on like some actual crime, some 19th century crime usually. Um, yeah. If they didn't stay dead, then there'd be no lesson to learn. Be like, yeah. oh, you, get, you still got that to come back with a ghost even though you went off with the boy you weren't supposed to or whatever. Et cetera. Other things. Uh, yeah. And there's always, um, if you want to get scarier than ghosts, there's always oh death, which... My favorite yes. thing about it, besides everything, is that uh, apparently the origin is unknown. It's like, it's not... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> so basically, fucking Death wrote that song, is my, my uh, headcanon, as they say. Um, because like, I honestly, like, I, I could have thought maybe that was just like a really kick-ass uh, modern song, you know, and they thought, oh, Ralph Stanley, bless him. Um, has the most scary, awesome voice ever. So we'll make this happen. No, it's like an old ass Appalachian dirge, and fucking nobody knows who wrote it. So Death wrote it, and it's great. Really but it, yeah. yeah, that's that's one of those songs that I can't. I like I I save it up because it has a palpable like effect. So you can't you can't waste it. You Plus, it's really to it on the, yeah. One time, uh, my friend was doing his college radio thing, and. Um, he was going to come to our mutual friend's birthday party later. 
but before he did, he like he played "Oh Death" just to get the party started because he knew that we were all listening. So I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> time to, whew. time to party." Nice. Yep. Yeah. There, there's sort of a, a mini genre in country music of people who meet the ghost of Hank Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Songs. But the two that I that immediately come to mind are "The Ride" by David Allen Coe where he's like a hitchhiker who's given a ride in this old car to Nashville. And it turns out that <gasps> Hank Williams gave me that ride. Even though Hank Williams was not driving when he died. He right. right Cause otherwise worse things might have yeah. happened. <laughs> Cause Hank Williams was like, I could die or I could go to Ohio. And of the two <laughs> of these things dying is clearly better than Ohio. A second um, that. <laughs> there's a, Ohio sucks. There's a, it does. It is God's yardstick. It is just, uh, Pennsylvania is very mean to West Virginia, but it's so much better than Ohio. Ohio sucks. Sorry. Yeah, Michigan hates Ohio too, which is which is funny to me. Like, do they know they're Michigan? I mean, we're just gonna start trashing all the states. We'll get hate mail. It'll be great. Um, and then there's I another one. Uh, about that. There's another sure Midnight you, I, Montgomery by Alan Jackson. And cool. Are you referencing so Alan has, like, Jackson? I don't know if we're allowed to do that yeah. on this show. <laughs> It's one of his better moments, and it's, it's, it has a really, yeah, it has one of his. It's a very spooky, ghostly-sounding song about meeting Hank Williams' ghost in a in a, the back of the tour bus, I think. Midnight Montgomery. That was pretty good. And there's a couple. Of, there's there's also a, a genre of that sort of like ghostly murder ballad that gets kind of ported over to the cowboy, um, like Ghost Riders in the Sky, which is. Yeah, I, Forgot to grab the book before we did this, but uh, I've got the information who wrote it, like in a, in a Glenn Orland book around here. Um, the, the cowboy that sees the ghost, the ghost right across the sky, and the cowboy's telling him, "Like you better straighten up, or you'll be stuck in here, stuck up here, hurting the devil's cattle for eternity with oh. us." Which that's a pretty metal kind of way to spend eternity. On the other hand, yeah, I mean, I want to be a cool ass. Sign me up. Yeah. And there's one that's kind of my personal favorite called Murder Steer, and it's a it's a folk song. It's also based, on a, <laughs> based on an actual historical event that really happened in uh, Brewster County, Texas, which is about west of here, um, where they were splitting up. Uh, back then, people used to let their cattle run free everywhere. There weren't fences. A couple times a year, and people would sort out. Well, these cattle have my brand, and those are their cat. Those cattle own that cow, and they kind of sorted out. And these cowboy outfits get both are claiming the same steer, and their two representatives figured out. And they want to, and, you know, um, there's like a cowboy code about this. Well, one guy's just arrogant and mean, so he kills the other guy over the steer, being superstitious sorts brand murder on the side of the steer and said no one should have it and then brand the date on the other side oh man and so people have ghostly sightings of this murder steer uh roaming around for eternity and the, the reason this song is my favorite is because i actually heard it for the first time sang by a cowboy around a campfire in brewster county texas nice summer camp and it was that sold me. That song is awesome, and it will forever be great. Like, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, 
Yeah, there's a lot. There's um, it just occurred to me uh, that we could do almost a whole show or segment at some point about ghostly transportation. Like if we're talking about um, ghost songs, there's a lot of you know ghost trains and ghost ships and uh, sort of slightly less literal, as it were, like ghost cars and ghost motorcycles. Um, Weird thing, because now inanimate objects have ghosts sometimes. Like, where's the where's the line? What's the everything is alive, man. Well, I mean, like, if you think about like, in terms, like, purely of um, folk, uh, not literally just folk, but like music stuff. You, like, when you think about all the songs about disasters that were made over the past, you know, two hundred years or thereabouts, um, you have shipwreck songs and train wreck songs uh poor um who lost his head usually uh not tom dooley but um no tom dooley oh my god i had a friend he moved to asia but he swears that he has seen tom dooley's hanging tree um poor tom dooley but uh oh my goodness somebody lost their head in the driver's wheel oh there's so many um train wreck stuff and there was oh Casey Jones? Yeah, yeah, I believe it was. I don't know the origin of Casey Jones. I gotta check on that. Um, he's like boiled he's like boiled alive by steam. Yeah, that, there's like a yeah, really just... gruesome train wreck song. Um yeah. and they did they did I mean there are a couple of car ones, you know. Um but by the and my motorcycle. I mean, we all know what happened to leader of the pack. But uh once I mean, you get to planes, there's not a lot. It, amazing. Nineteen fifty-two with some black lightning. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I was excited when I thought about that song. Um, <laughs> that is a very good song. Um, it's not really a ghost. But it's it's, it's a, not really I mean, a ghost. It's just sort of a mission narrator. But yeah, I it just has love it. It has go, it has biker angels come. It does to carry him home. That's right. That's a good point. Um, yeah. But plane wise, literally, it's like uh, plane wreck at Los. Los Gatos. Los Gatos, yeah. Or um, the they recently, not good they, American recently, Pie, which obviously is sort of vaguely There was, plane there was something in the news recently about the deportees at Los Gatos, like they had found their graves or they were able to identify the bodies or something. Yeah, I feel like my, my dad yeah, was like going on about factual accuracy in that song. I was like, calm down, Dad. There was something in the news about that recently, but I can't, I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, I kind of, if I could find, like, someone's going to listen to this and, like, steal my idea and make it better, but, like, I want to write something about the transportation songs thing, because there's a lot. And then we'll have Zach write the ballad of the Uber car. Yeah. It was actually a ghost. (laughs) Uh, The ghost Uber driver. Yeah, there's a lot. See, this makes me like America in spite of so many other things about it. Just... Yeah, this is like people. People ask me what like, uh, what makes me like America. I'll be like, oh, this podcast that we can't release consistency <laughs> consistently and have terrible technical problems. Hey, my favorite thing about America great. is we have the freedom to release a podcast whenever we goddamn feel like it. Right, but yeah, that's true. That is a good Jeez, thing about America. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that is good. I was gonna eat one and then I didn't, and that was sad. I went to the gym instead, which is does not make me love America at all. Um, it's pretty American though going to the gym I don't want to think about gyms I want to think about ghost cowboys and murder brands and what have you Uh, 
There's a lot to discuss in the uh, months and weeks to come on this fine show. So we start off with ghosts and ghost, you know, ghostly shit has, there's a lot to cover. Um, and we'll probably circle around to it again at some point. As well as I, aliens. I feel like these are all just starting, some alien songs. I feel, like, yeah. I feel like these are all all starting points eventually as we end up going to like paranormal ghost tours and paranormal conventions and stuff. Like like as we ease into this life of weirdness, we will circle yes. back to these things and become so knowledgeable that we will be unrecognizable to our former selves. It's like that's a beautiful <laughs> that fills me with such hope. <laughs> I used to be a Do you not remember what it was like before you'd had yours? <laughs> have like, you know, where you saw ghosts and had so much susto it turned your hair very prematurely. Um, in Pennsylvania. I don't think so. Sorry to Pennsylvania is uh, rectangular. Doesn't have a lot going for it. You know, it's just I don't know. Just geometry. Yeah, that's all we got. I, I got a C in geometry in college, no less. I'm really sharing with the... I had to take it twice. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, with ghosts, you know? And uh, we have a, I have a... There's a long list of potential future topics. Um, the uh, particularly loosely defined next time topic was was conspiracy theories. Again, a little too, little too big and broad. Uh, maybe we should dial it down to... What if we ones we make up we on JFK? the spot? Uh, yeah, good old JFK. There's a lot, or you know, yeah. Well, let's pick a couple of conspiracy theories. Uh, two or three, like yeah. maybe one of the big one, one or two of the really big ones, and then maybe some smaller ones. So we'll get. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, ooh, if there are any conspiracy songs, that's that's our next hunt oh, yeah. uh, to find to find that. I'm sure there's something out there. I'm going to wrap yeah. up, I think, this here podcast um, because, you know, the ghosts uh, are telling me to and I do what they say generally. But, uh, get ready to do it. yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm feeling a little more pro-ghost after hearing Seth's story more than, more, more than anything. Um, the, the old man in the yard, also the umbilical cords in the walls. Yeah, I'm going to be thinking about that tonight. So that's, <laughs> that's the highest compliment that I can yeah. get. Um, all right i hope uh anyone who's watching and listening enjoyed our little chat as much as we did or even a l- half as much as we did because this, yeah, this is yeah this um and catch the lonesome road next time whenever the hell that is bye seth and zach <laughs>